Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, 1029 on Samsung TV+. Plus. We're on Comcast in select cities. We're on uh, the Roku channel. We're all over the place. You can find us on all the socials as well. Follow us at LFS6B. And, of course, email the show, LFS6B at Yahoo. Damon loves them. And then he loves to read them and complain about them and read them some more and then complain about them some more. But no, definitely send some emails. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of. And of course, uh, if you're into some swag, maybe you need a uh, Slick Rick shirt or hat of some sort or anything from the show, 6bshirts.com is the website for that, for all your gear, especially, you know, holidays are coming up, Paul. They are. So I they? expect a, uh, a little a little something from you. I'll get you the same thing I got you last year. But All right, Just nice. going to pick a box. <laughs> a big box of nothing. Uh, speaking of which, Paul Nolan is here. Paul, how you doing? I'm good, man. Just <laughs> feel bad that I can't make it every night, everybody. But uh been busy with lots of work, lots of um, tech. I am in computer hell. That's what's going on. Uh, uh, networks falling, failing. And... Uh, I need a guy like Fran to come to my office and, and fix my stuff. <laughs> I'm out of well, your price range. <laughs> <laughs> you should try me, man. I'm, we'll, we'll try anything hey. right now. And, uh, of course, Slick Rick, the aforementioned Slick Rick, is here with sports. What you got for us tonight? Give us oh. a little preview of what's coming up, Rick. I just figured out what I'm getting both of you guys for Christmas this year. You know what I'm going to get you? Nut trays. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, what's coming up in sports night? We got a big Yankee Red Sox game, wild card. Yes. Winner goes home. No, winner, winner, winner takes it all. Loser goes home. Yeah, loser big, goes big home. night um, in Boston. We also have a uh, a match has been announced, a new golf match about two hours ago. It's going to happen right after Thanksgiving. We'll talk about that, and we got to go and touch that Urban Meyer story a little bit. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, everyone's touching that Urban Meyer story, aren't they? <laughs> yep. Well, Backfield Urban, in motion. Urban Meyer is <laughs> touching something. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll we'll see that. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you what's going on in the back end of that. Right. Yeah. yeah we'll we'll cross those bridges when we come to it in sports. In the meantime, we've got a loaded show with lots of stuff to get to. A lot of stuff we didn't get to last. Last night, not sure if we'll get to it tonight uh, because there was more stuff, of course, uh, that happened today. Of course, Damon will be joining us very shortly, so hang tight for that. In the meantime, though, Paul walks into the studio, as he always does, his cheerful, lovable self. (laughs) He pops open his computer and he starts playing us a darn song that was so annoying and so disturbing that I quickly said, Fran, we need this. <laughs> We're sorry, everybody, in advance. This is, this, do yourself a favor. This is as cringe as it gets. Yes. Um, this is a teacher, right? Uh, what yep. is this, a kindergarten An class? Kindergarten like? teacher, just really going out of her way to, to it, indoctrinate these children in the worst possible way. Yeah. 
And um, would you like to get annoyed with us? Because I'm thorough. I was thoroughly annoyed listening to it, and it only took the first verse. Um, but once you see the video too, oh, you'll you'll probably throw something at your TV. Yeah, make sure you comment on what you think these kids are feeling. Yeah, you ready with that, there, Fran? Yep. Here, Here we go. go. Watch Two, this. Three. I wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi ho the Dario. I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. It helps to keep me safe. You're lying. Hi ho the Dario. It helps to keep me safe. Keeps my friends safe. No, it doesn't. It keeps my friends safe. You're still lying. Hi ho the Dario. It keeps that my voice. friends safe. Oh, oh. Let me see a hooray. That was on a chalkboard. Those oh. kids looked baffled and miserable. Oh, yeah. I'm baffled and miserable. Oh. I cannot believe. Actually, I can believe it. I'm just sickened by it to see that that is actually happening in a school somewhere in this country. That's. That's pathetic. Now, did that woman sound like she was from Long Island? You know, she could. Right? <laughs> kind of she... sounded like her, right? <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. Long Island. Long Island. Listen, we're going to get you your masks, and the mandate's going to save you all. And if you don't wear your masks, you are a Nazi. Right. Well, you know what's interesting about that, too, is because, like you said, it's like they're being indoctrinated. Right? right, and we've heard this before. You know, we've seen it with the CRT, the, the you know teaching kids to be racist and bigots, and now they're teaching them that the science isn't real because they're they're pushing this whole mask nonsense thing. And then I hear, then I get a text from some people that I'm working with. And again, you know, I went to those uh, school board meetings, and I get a text from one of the moms today, uh, literally just before I got on uh, got here. And said, two of my children told me that when they have indoor snack time, they aren't permitted to speak to their classmates at all. The rationale is they aren't wearing masks during the break, so they aren't allowed to talk to each other. But they're allowed to talk to each other in the cafeteria, also while unmasked. So, this whole masking... You know, uh, indoctrination, let's get them to believe it, let's get it to be normal, Yeah, is really, really starting to disturb me, even yeah. more, more so than it has before. Yeah, these kids are exactly what they want. 20 years from now, it's a compliant, completely pliable, just, you know, drones that just will do and, and say anything they're told to do, say, and believe. We're only a generation away from... Uh, from tyranny. Yeah. Well, it, it's almost like, you know what? It, it, they talk about training them early. Uh, or, or maybe it's it's they're learning how to break them early. Yeah. Break yeah. them early. Because then it's easier when they get a little bit older. If they, st- if they, God forbid, start thinking for themselves, oh, my goodness, what is, you got a hold of a book that we didn't approve of, and now you're starting to think for yourself? Uh, what does that sound like? Yeah, um, that's right on the money, kid. But it's... It, 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 I guess it, the idea is get them early like they want to do so they're easier and more more malleable yeah. when they get a little bit older. And, and again, it just, oh, that woman needs to be taken out, out of the classroom, sent home forever, doesn't need to come back to the school anymore. And 
it, it's, I hope we can find out where this was from. Because again, Paul brought it in and he, he brought it in and we just kind of, we, we were just looking at it stunned and it was literally just five minutes before showtime. So we had no chance to do any research on this thing and find out who that is. But if, uh, if you do have kids in school, make sure that they, uh, you know, they come home and they tell you stuff. Just tell them to come home and tell you stuff. What's going on in school? Yeah. Have those conversations. Because that's going to be an important thing. And, and the fact that the, you know what? The video exists. And it's probably the teacher who actually made the video, right? It looked like it was right from her perspective. Like she was so proud of herself. Right. Amazing. I, I got to find out where this goof is from. Amazing stuff. So, uh, you know, the CRT stuff, the, the, the school masking policies it's just all a bunch of nonsense and amazing because we walked in here and i wasn't sure which direction we were going to go but that thoroughly annoyed me to no end can we can we hear it one more time because I, oh. I really wanted to i wanted to ferment in your brains so you can you can uh you know make sure that if you encounter any of this type of stuff in your schools with your kids that you can address it all right so here we go. Two, three. I wear a mask to school. Watch the kids' reactions. I wear a mask to school. Hi ho, the Dario. I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. It helps to keep me safe. Yeah, the teacher's holding Hi ho, the Dario. It helps to keep me safe. It keeps my friends safe. It keeps my friends safe. Hi ho the Dario, it keeps my friends safe. And let me see a hooray! Put your hands up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, they're so excited you have to tell them to say hooray and have to tell them to lift their hands in the air. Yeah. Ugh. My boy John Beatty just wrote Fahrenheit uh, four one one. It's like, you know, complete you know you know, four fifty one. It's Vonnegut you know, it's just it's unbelievable. It's just Insane. It's disgusting. Insane. Rick, have have you ever seen or, or come across anything like that? Nothing like that. It's appalling. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. It, it, and again, it's something that, you know, this is, they're innocent, but and they're a captive audience. They can't go anywhere. They they're can't challenge kids. it. They can't say anything. I mean, they know comply or... Or comply or die. Yeah. You know, they, you get in trouble if a kid stands up. You got the way these kids get chastised if they stand up against anything. It's it's really uh, sad times, man. It's crazy. I'm 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 sick to my stomach looking at this. Hey, Rick, one of my followers, Nursey Girl, she said it sounds like Fran Dreschler. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But you could tell. It sounds by, like Fran Dresch's mom. Yeah. You could tell by the way when the when the woman was singing, the teacher was singing and holding. It had to be her holding the uh, the phone. Because it kind of bounced with the song as she was singing. Like she was, you know, you're making that motion like, okay, everybody, let's, so to get them to, to comply, follow along, follow the bouncing lunatic, which is the teacher in this case. Uh, anyhow. Right. So I just thought we'd share that because, uh, again, you see stuff like that and it just makes you want to scream. But I hope it gets stuck in your head, and, uh, and I hope, uh, you know, if you see or hear something like that and you can do something about it, please do. Because uh, it's stuff like this. And again, these parents, they send these little kids to, schools to, to school to learn. You know, to, to learn their numbers, to learn their letters, to play with each other, to have fun. 
to make learning fun, not to be indoctrinated. To learn how to be a friend. Yeah. To learn how to interact, to, to learn how to share, to learn how to wrestle, argue, fight. You, you know, like they, everything happens there. Like, you know, you stand up for yourself. You, you share with, with people. You know, there's a, everything that happens there is just, it's all about the human condition. And it's, they've, they're removing it. Yeah. And a lot, you hear a lot of the teachers, especially the, uh, the ones that teach uh, kids with uh, learning disabilities, that seeing the whole face is important to their learning. That's how they develop. That's how they, they make those connections because you need that. And I, you know what? Oh, I wish she would have turned the camera back to herself because you know she did not have a mask on. You could tell by the sound of her voice how loud it was and how clear it was coming yeah, through. Right. She wasn't wearing a mask, but she made her little subjects wear a mask. You know, you're right. There's no way she's wearing a mask, and yeah. she's so proud of us. I, I think this might be California, Oakland, California, so... All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully somebody finds out. And uh, you know what? We and if you see your kid on there, register a complaint with that school and say, "Look, um, yeah, this is not. This is not. No, I'm I'm the parent. Uh, I pay for you to teach my kid. Teach my kid and stop indoctrinating them with this nonsense. I wear a mask to school. My teacher is a tool." You know, I hope you know, we've all become a fool. Teacher is a fool. Yeah. All right. That's pathetic. All right. We're going to wrap up that first segment. Man, oh, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get positive. We'll get going in the right direction. We'll do some news. We'll do some sports coming up next. And uh, we got a lot more from the Facebook blackout. We'll do some of that as well coming up. In the meantime, hang tight. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. It's Tuesday night. Later on, I do have a, uh, a brand new What Even Is That that I'll be doing at uh, the top of the hour, 9 o'clock hour. Uh, also, we've got uh, some, some news coming up with Paul in just a bit. But first, let's take it over to Slick Rick and see what he's got for us in terms of sports. Rick, what do you got? Uh, big night in baseball, Rick, as I mentioned earlier. Boston versus New York in tonight's AL wildcard game. Just underway. Top of the first inning. Yankees have one guy on first base, John Carlos Stanton. And uh, they have two outs. And that's where they're at right now. So we'll keep an eye on the game tonight. But, um, yeah, underway. Big game. Elimination. Win or go home. Chances, uh, chances are they probably walked him <laughs> because because last time he was in Boston, Stanton was raking it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, nope. Yankees. Uh, that's it. They just went the innings over. Middle of the first. Zero zero. And uh, the line tonight is Red Sox a plus one hundred four. Yankees are minus one twenty one. The over under is eight. Paul, in case you're concerned. And uh, the L.A. Dodgers <laughs> tomorrow night are the favorites to win the World Series. They take on the St. Louis Cardinals in a one elimination game. So the World Champs, they're going to be home in, in Dodger Stadium, but they're going to need to come out and win. The Dodgers are plus three seventy five to win the World Series at the Caesars Sportsbook earlier today. 
today, followed closely by the Houston Astros at plus 475. The Tampa Rays, who look good, are plus 650. And the San Francisco Giants, plus 675. Uh, The Yankees and Braves are plus 1,200. So Yankees got a ways to go. But again, big game. And here's the most interesting thing I'm going to tell you tonight. The Massachusetts Lottery, last night, the pick four winning number... 1978. If you remember, in 1978, Bucky Dent hit that home run, and him and Brian Doyle walked in the winning runs, and that was the end of that. So, not a good omen for the Red Sox fans. So, That's as funny. he was known after that, Bucky Dent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if the Yankees brought Bronxy the turtle up. Good thing. Remember, every little here. girl loved B- Bucky Dent back oh, then. Yeah, yeah oh, man. And, like, and the little black yeah. stuff under his eyes. <laughs> you go in the store, there'd be the Farrah Fawcett pinup, and then there'd be the Bucky Dent with the t-shirt off with the bat over his head. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I tried to get a haircut like him when I was a kid, and uh, <laughs> I tried to get my hair done like Farrah. That's but, no, it's just not true. It's okay, just you know what? I was able to, to get my hair done like that. <laughs> nice. Those were the days. Boys, yeah, no the kid. great seventies. Yeah, when you had a big long salad on top of your head. Yep. Well, you Monday you night, Monday night football, boys. Herbert and Eckler propelled Chargers to twenty-eight fourteen win over the Raiders. Uh, AP report: Inglewood, California, after a lightning storm held out, held off the game. There was a game delay. Meanwhile, they have a dome over the stadium, but they delayed it anyway for lightning. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles uh, Chargers came into this showdown against the Las Vegas Raiders. After after a signature win on the road at Kansas City in front of a primetime audience on Monday night, the Chargers showed they are indeed for real. Herbert threw for three touchdowns. Austin Eckler rushed for a career-high 117 yards and scored twice as the Chargers knocked the Raiders from the unbeaten ranks with a 28-14 victory. Los Angeles is 3-1 and for the uh, first time since 2014 and part of a three-way tie atop the, atop the AFC West with Las Vegas and Denver. The Raiders' loss means the Arizona Cardinals are the NFL's lone undefeated team after four weeks. Derek Carr was 24 of 34, uh, 21 of 34 for 196 yards with two TDs and an interception. The Raiders could manage only 48 yards rushing against a Charger defense that was last in the league in run defense. It was a real defensive struggle for a lot of the game was played between the 30-yard lines as we were watching last night. However, the Chargers did pull away with a really strong late third and fourth. And, you know, I think it was about 80% Raider fans at that game last night. The crowd yeah, was they kind of took crazy. over, right? Yep. And I forgot who it was on San, on, uh, San Diego. Los Angeles who picked it off, but he went like this. Shh. Can you imagine doing that to your own home crowd? That I've never seen. So a lot of firsts last night. Uh, and just one more, Rick, out of the tennis world. Naomi Osaka falls out of women's top 10. Uh, this is TK Sanders of OutKick. Four-time grand champion Osaka pulled out of the French Open in May, set out in Wimbledon in July, and lost quickly in the Tokyo Olympics. Former number one female tennis star Naomi Osaka is dropping like a stone in the WTA rankings, falling from 7th to 12th this morning. Today's rankings marks the first time that Osaka has dropped out of the top 10 in the last three years, dating back to August of 2018. The 23-year-old has essentially quit playing tennis right in the midst of her athletic prime, referring back to her mental health anytime the media tries to question the unprecedented decision. After the US Open, Osaka said she planned on taking a break from tennis for, quote-unquote, a while. Uh, curiously, Osaka has found time to post for magazine covers and do selective press events that interest her, but she still often blames the media for contributing to her mental health crisis. All told, the situation feels peculiar and baffling at times, given that so few athletes that are elite at that time buck the incredible opportunity 
to earn fame and fortune. Worse, too, is the fact that she tends to blame others for her problems instead of understanding the unique responsibilities that come with professional athletics. So this is not necessarily my opinion, but, uh, yeah, something, young lady. One of the best tennis players in the world at that time has now completely just about fallen off yeah. the earth. And it's, a, it's weird because she's so young, but then it's like, well, maybe that's the problem. She grew up in that, you know, she's grown up probably having everything handed to her. Oh, you, wait, you're getting some pushback from the media? Oh, that's, I can't handle that. And she runs away. Amazing. So basically what she's doing is she, she, she's still getting, uh, what, photo shoots and stuff like that? Yeah, magazine So she's taking covers. advantage of the fame yeah. because she wants to be famous, obviously. She just doesn't want to deal with the pressure of having to perform. Mm-hmm. Goes hand I mean, in that's, hand. Just, that's just what I see. Yeah. But who knows? That's a wrap in sports, Rick. Back to you. All right. Thank you, uh, Rick. Paul, anything you got in news? Yeah, so the Justice uh, Department directs FBI to address complaints about school board harassment over mask curriculum. Attorney General Merrick Garland has directed the FBI and U.S. attorney offices across the country to work with local officials over the next 30 days to address the increase in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school board members, teachers, and workers in the nation's public schools. The Justice Department memorandum follows the recent request of President Biden from the National School School Board Association to help with what it calls immediate threat of the extremist hate organizations showing up at school board meetings. Now, (laughs) I want to pause right there. So do you understand? Here's how they do it, right? This is the buzzword, extremist hate. The science, my science, the normal science, science that we see the ever-ending battle of discussion, Mm -hmm. says these masks make our children sick. As Rick pointed out, these masks have also proven to curb the development of a child and their ability to socialize and understand, you know, facial recognition and all the things that come with cognitive development. Right. Right. And, and so the science shows right. two things and many other things along the way. So if someone's to stand up against this ludicrous, shameful policy, they are an extremist. Think about how they use words and how they redefine words, and how they put a label on everybody and everything in the simple hope to shut you up and make you afraid to stand up and speak up. Yeah. This, is, this is insanity. This is insanity. Things like this, like extremist organizations or hate speech, are fake terms. It's a lie when it comes to the average person. This is a lie. Hate speech doesn't exist. Someone says, oh, that's hate speech? Okay. Where does it go next? Where do you draw the new line? Where do you draw the new line? And the only answer to hate speech is let everyone speak all they like. Because when an, when an animal out there is saying the most hateful stuff, go have at it. Now we know who you are. And normal people like Rick and Rick and, and the guys at the booth who just want to get along, they hear some crazy guy saying the N-word, I hate this, I hate that, F death to all the, you know, whatever it may be. Now we know who that lunatic is. Yeah. So that when you restrict speech, you restrict who you really are. And then the line just keeps going further and further back. Oh, can't make that joke now. Oh, you can't have that said. You can only actually say now this. The slope is so slippery and it never ends. So this is a perfect example of the government completely taking over the what you say, do, and think. And if you don't like the way the federal masters are telling your children how to grow up, 
You're an extremist. This is pure psychosis. Yeah. This is mass psychosis. It's amazing. Amazing stuff. Couldn't have said it better. Crazy, crazy. All they do is keep moving the goalposts and changing the words and changing the definitions. All right, we'll take this quick break. Come back with another segment right here live from Studio 6P on a Tuesday night. We've got uh, some stuff from the Facebook thing that happened on Congress. (laughs) We'll talk about that and uh, more coming up. Stay there right here. Thank you for spending your evening with us. Damon should be joining us in just a few, so hang tight for that. In the meantime, we're holding down the ship. Uh, hopefully, we've uh, thoroughly annoyed you in the first segment, made you uh, <laughs> made you more aware in the second one, and now we're now we're going to go to another uh, uh, piece that should hopefully make you laugh. First off, because uh, we're talking about hair during the uh, during the sports report there, right, Rick? Yes, and. Uh, Paul talked about him trying to get the Farrell look when he was younger. I mean, I, guess I wasn't he even trying. It. I just had it. I mean, I had this huge, long, flowing, <laughs> wavy hair. You know, I'd bleach it blonde. You know, it, it was just one of the things you did when you were, you know, a rock star at the age of 12. Well, right. you have a photo? With a fake guitar. With, no, I never did that. <laughs> I hope you didn't think I was serious. Right? I did. Well, But I did I have two of those Farrah Fawcett uh, posters. Okay, one behind my closet door because I wasn't allowed to have it in my house, and one rolled up in case my mom found it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had a backup. If she found it, would clean my room and threw it out because she'd be crazy Italian mama. <laughs> she didn't approve of that sort of thing. I'll be able to have another one right up in re- its replacement. That's a true story. All uh, right. Well, like I said, I was able to achieve that hair look, and here is the proof. Well, yes. Oh, wow. My hair was way longer than that. Oh, it, believe me, mine was much longer, too. Do you like the little uh, gold medallion I have hanging in the middle of my shirt? Yeah. Tag? I like that. Oh, is that, is that what that is? That's, That's like a dog tag? Yeah. See, so, you look like you just yeah. scored a bag of weed right before that picture. <laughs> He's a handsome guy, Doug. He's good, there, buddy. Adorable. Look at him. Yeah. That, that was before guy. I got picked up for, uh, for transporting illegal material. <laughs> <laughs> on the radio <laughs> we are certainly not going to talk about that are we it's terrible i wish i had that hair now who, who am i kidding yeah who doesn't all right anyhow so let's get to uh the big story that that kind of exploded on sunday on 60 minutes with far left facebook whistleblower her name francis hagan as she was on the uh she was on the hill today talking to the senate commerce committee about facebook and their regulation and their disinformation and their hate and their algorithms and everything that's wrong with Facebook. Um, Again, she showed up on 60 Minutes over the weekend. I didn't get a chance to see the whole thing, but I guess most of the time was spent directed at conservatives. And then, of course, they threw in about 10 or 15 minutes about how it, 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 uh, you know, is targeted and young girls feel terrible about themselves. Um. So I didn't get to see the whole thing. I only saw little bits and clips. Uh, but here's here's a clip from the 60 Minutes piece. This is uh, clip number 27. If you haven't seen it, check this out. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest 
between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. Frances Haugen is 37, a data scientist from Iowa. She secretly copied tens of thousands of pages of Facebook internal research. She says evidence shows that the company is lying to the public about making significant progress against hate, violence, and what misinformation. Pile of, what, One so study she found from this year says, right. Pause it right we there. estimate... Now, now, what do you mean by that? So this is what you call controlled disinformation. They act as if there's some kind of investigative journalism here and how they present it as she's this incredible whistleblower. But we have whistleblowers everywhere who are constantly snuffed out and shunned. And now she goes ahead and gives you this you know, um, incredible secret documents that prove that hate speech is on the rise. Supremacy is on the rise. We have to actually control the public even more. This is a reverse. This is like a double verse with a pitch. <laughs> like it's like, it's like just a complete fake out. This is all this is. This is just a, an example of giving you just a little truth, but completely piling on another level of propaganda this is full-blown psyop warfare bullcrap right I, here. I was gonna say do you think this is a, a because i've heard this theory thrown out there that you know what this is too neat and tidy oh forget this is all this that this is everything fifth six first every time cbs especially owned by china and 60 minutes the magazine now not news outlet it's considered a magazine now right. um every time they speak it is about framing a lie to an advance an agenda that's all it is that's almost 99 percent of all mainstream media but the lead dog on tv is 60 minutes it still has the name of incredible journalism noble noble right. mike wallace kicking people's butts and making people nervous no no ed bradley all these guys were all leftist scams and it's everywhere it's just like the times the washington post you know, it's the same thing. It's all these like supposedly big time outlets that are true sources are now where you can trust. And then everybody spin, jumps it into their spin cycle and they regurgitate the lie over and over and over again. And now there's a whole new crop of people who buy this nonsense. Right. Yeah, because, again, you know, you know, this kind of broke yesterday. I didn't have a chance to really do too much uh, research into it, find out who she was and what was going on. I didn't see the 60 Minutes piece. I only saw the small clip. Um, but then I started hearing, you know, other people start talking on, this seems a little too neat and tidy. Yeah, I it haven't seems seen a little one too... thing. I'm so sorry. I have. I am so behind, Rick. I, I apologize. I've been worn out in all kinds of network computer. Yeah, but, but, but dude, I'm saying you picked up on it. You saw it. Uh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I wish I would have done some homework like, like if before you did, I spewed that. The fact that you didn't do homework and you're like, wait, this, yeah, th this is not, this is not what they say. Yeah. It yeah, it's a shame. It's just a shame that you can't. We all have to look at the the media, and just try to see what they're trying to sell us. Right. And it's the right. It's the left. It's it's all of it. There is no right or left. It's just regular people trying to live a f free, honest, decent life. And then there's the power vacuum of plutocrats and and their oligarchs and their, their and their lords all doing the exact same thing just keeping us plebs in line to keep themselves in power so now let's go to her clip from uh this is clip number 28 her opening statement 
on the uh, at the Senate Commerce Committee today just to hear what she has to say. And again, you know, take from it what you will. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't done enough uh, research into this. It just kind of seemed a little little odd that she spoke. Then Facebook goes down for five, six hours on Monday right. and everybody freaks out. Um, is this part of a, like Paul said, is it is it a carefully cra- crafted narrative that now, that, you know, because we've talked about the deep state media and how they, they work in, in conjunction to push, you know, certain certain narratives. Is this part of it? Are they trying to sell us something? I don't know. But let's see what she has to say at this Senate Commerce Committee today. Rology. During my time at Facebook, first working as the lead product manager for civic misinformation and later on counterespionage, I saw Facebook repeatedly encounter conflicts between its own profits and our safety. Facebook consistently resolved these conflicts in favor of its own profits. The result has been more division, more harm, more lies, more threats, and more combat. In some cases, this, dis- this dangerous online talk has led to actual violence that harms and even kills people. This is not simply a matter of certain social media users being angry or unstable, See that? or about one mm-hmm. side being radicalized against the other. See this? It is about Facebook choosing to grow at all costs, becoming an almost trillion dollar company by buying its profits with our safety. See that? During my time at Facebook, I Pause came to realize too. a devastating truth. See that? That's a perfect example right there. That is exactly what they're doing. They're using this moment to act as if our safety is so much more important. So let's sell out more of our free speech to gain more safety. So let's snuff out more of our ability to discuss and talk because this person and other people in power deem it dangerous to think. That's the scariest part of this whole thing. Right. This is the, them seeking more censorship to, con, to to completely quell anything that comes against the official narrative. Yep. Now, what's interesting too is that exactly. did you catch the uh, the unit or the division of of Facebook she worked in? Civic misinformation and espionage. There you go. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, hey, EG, can you roll that back about 20 seconds? Because she says something also pretty interesting yeah. in that section just before we stopped it. Um, and, yeah, just, just roll. Let's see what she says here. This is not simply a matter of certain social media users being angry or unstable or about one angry side being radicalized against the other. Pause it right it there. One side, one. yeah, radicalized and against And what they're saying, you. one side, what are they talking about? They're talking about uh, anybody who, who doesn't, uh, you know. Right. Anybody who likes liberty. Right. Anybody who, who you know, yells out, uh, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, exactly okay. right. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's see what else she has to say. Facebook choosing to grow at all costs, becoming an almost trillion-dollar company by buying its profits with our safety. During my time at Facebook, I came to realize a devastating truth. Almost no one outside of Facebook knows what happens inside of Facebook. The company intentionally hides vital information from the public, from the US government, and from governments around the world. The documents I have provided to Congress prove that Facebook has repeatedly misled the public about what its own research reveals about the safety of children, the efficacy of its artificial intelligence systems, and its role in spreading divisive and extreme messages. I came forward because I believe that every human being 
deserves the dignity of the truth. Oh, yeah. Hmm. The severity of this crisis demands that we break out of our previous regulatory frames. Facebook wants to trick you into thinking that privacy protections or changes to Section 230 alone will be sufficient. While important, these will not get to the core of the issue, which is that no one truly understands the destructive choices made by Facebook except Facebook. We can afford nothing less than full transparency. As long as Facebook is operating in the shadows, hiding its research from public scrutiny, it is unaccountable. Until the incentives change, Facebook will not change. Left alone, Facebook will continue to make choices that go against the common good, our common good. Common good. The common good. Common good. Right, the common good, right? Yeah. Let's just talk about oh, the yeah. common good, <laughs> the collective. Yes. This is uh this wow. is just a pure this is all this is all just propagandized men. This is insane what we're watching here. Yeah, and, and you like the way she frames it as, you know, if, if they're left alone. Right. You can't leave them alone. Right. No adults. Because it's gonna be get even more dangerous, right. more unhealthy. You need to take them over and let the government decide who gets to speak on it because then it'll be safe right and then we're just going to do is, is they're just going to empower big tech with even more power and this nothing's going to get better and it's just it's simply an illusion i just i got to be honest with you it's if you if you once, <laughs> once you recognize how propagandized the media is in working with the intelligence communities and the big tech giants then you could see it once you see it you can't unsee it right yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway is that once you do see it, it's hard to go back to being, oh, yeah, it's all for our, it, they just want us to be happy, right? Yeah. Right. Isn't that right, Can you tell me at any one point throughout all of history where the government cared about its plebs? I mean, really, just think about it. When did any government ever care about the individual and the individual's rights? In anywhere in history. If you guys can show me a place where this incredible, powerful government went out of its way to make everyone feel happy, healthy, and free, please just share it on social media because I'm dying. I'm dying to hear about it. My man. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> you know Nolan. what? Wait, head, what did you get? My man is on it. He's on it. All I see is a giant head. That is a six foot eight guy just sneak into a room. Paul Nolan is on it. Go to commercial. <laughs> Before we're off the air. Live from Studio 6B, Damon's back. We'll be back after this quick short break right here. Real America's Voice. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. It's Tuesday night. We've got, uh, I got a brand new, what even is that, coming up at the top of the hour. Next break. Uh, also, we've got more news with Paul coming up. Damon has decided to join us. How are you, Dame? I'm good. Right. I'm good. How's the, um, how's it going so far? Pretty good. 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 I, heard, I heard you guys talking about the whistleblower, and Paul's right on it, by the way, because that's exactly the feeling I have. I think all... she's a plant. I think, I think yeah. what's-his-name put her out there. And then shut the whole thing down to get rid of all the evidence or whatever. I mean, I sound like Paul now, but... Uh, <laughs> well, like like I said last night, he, welcome to the party, Exactly pal. what he said is right. <laughs> it's right on the money. She's, she's not... She's like, uh, there's whistleblowers and then there's whistleblowers. Yeah. She's, she's the first, not it's, the latter. It's I mean, too neat. The, 
you see the Project Veritas videos today, like, it's just, again, like, that's whistleblowers. Where is that work? Why, why are we not showing the people from the FDA and the CDC with these their crazy rants? Well, we were on that last night, boy. I got so many emails saying people were so happy to see it yeah. on, on Live from Studio 6B because we li- it literally broke. He dropped it at 8. We played it at about 8.30. Yeah. It's just so important to share his work because he, he gets that poor guy, man. He battles, battles, battles. And it's and he's he's against the biggest machine ever, and he never stops fighting. So it's I'm just glad we're, we're still sharing his videos because his work is incredible. And I hear this whistleblower now is an AOC. She's an AOC backed. Um, she was also part of Facebook's uh, civil disobedience committee or something. Yeah, I read yes. today. Yes, civil disobedience and uh, what was the other thing? I wrote it down here. Oh, that's right. Uh, civil disobedience and espionage division. Yeah, yeah. so espionage. Yeah, we all know what's going on here. So yeah. All right. Well, um, since you said we'll do uh, we'll do sports here Time with sports. um, how the Yankees doing? Uh, not good. Boston's drew first blood. 427-foot shot to center field by Xander Bogarts. Boston's up two zip. They got a man on second in the bottom of the second. Not looking good for the Yankees. Looking good for the Red Sox, though. But it's early. 2-0 Red Sox. This is a one-game elimination, Big D. Cole. AOL wild card. I mean, this Win is why you got him. Or go home. This is why you get Garrett Cole for. This is, this yep. is the game. Yeah, well. He, he can't come through four. in this game. What's the point? He gave a 427-foot shot, which is I understand is even further than the shot that uh, <laughs> Biden hit years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we've heard. Yeah. All right. And uh, we've got to get into this story. I, I, I kind of passed up last night, but I, it's, it's really starting to take on, a, uh, I guess, a world of its own here. Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan, Urban Meyer, must regain our trust and respect after inexcusable conduct. This is Michael DeRico of ESPN. Jacksonville, Florida, Jaguars owner Shad Chad Khan issued a public reprimand of Coach Urban Meyer for Meyer's behavior over the weekend. I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence, Khan said in a statement. What I will say is this, his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. Meyer, 57, apologized in a team meeting yesterday about his actions last Friday, one day after the Jaguars' 24-21 loss at Cincinnati. Maya did not fly back to Jacksonville with the team after that game and instead went to Columbus to visit with his grandchildren. Maya said that he and family members went to his restaurant, Urban Maya's Pint House, on Friday night and that people at a nearby event asked to take photos with him. Maya said he should have left when people tried to get him to dance with them. A nine-second video showing Maya sitting with a back to the bar, sitting with with his back to the bar in an Ohio State pullover while a young woman danced close to his lap and was posted on social media Saturday night. So not a good look for him, not a good situation. Uh, and a lot of the players now, well, some of the players are coming out saying that they're really upset with him. Have you heard the story, Dig? I saw the video. Yeah. Wait, wait. What, let me ask you a question. The players on the Jaguars are upset with him? Yes. Yep. Who, okay, the only who person <laughs> who should be disciplining him or, or upset with him his is wife. his wife. Yeah. Everyone else should mind their own business. It's not their business. What are you kidding me? That's his problem with his wife. I didn't see it. Players Paul, are going to chastise. Yeah. A player is going to chastise him. Supposedly, his wife Please. made a comment on social media. She goes, "Yeah," and I was stuck at home, so I, I don't know. Might, might not have been such a bad, uh, a bad, as bad a situation they made it out to be. However, um, 
I don't know, grinding it out. He took it to a whole new level for the uh, for his team. But uh, Jaguars having a lot, tough oh, time. They're, oh, Paul, they're 0-4. <laughs> and right now, Trevor Lawrence is struggling. And I have a couple of NFL attorneys have said that they may be looking to get out of that contract, the Jaguars. So I'm just... Oh, he, he does top. not look well. Yeah. I'd have to tell you. He looked way better in a Fox studio on Sundays or Saturdays doing the he, college I, football show than he looks on you. the sidelines. I agree with he you. He does not look well on the side. I think coaching is too much stress for him. He's gone through this before. Remember when he ran? Didn't he walk out on Florida and then came yep. back two days later? He did. Like he, he's had a history of kind of being dramatic. Of, of no? health issues. No, he's had all kinds of um, – well, maybe that too, but he's had all kinds of health problems. He's had all kinds of these migraine things where he has to go to the hospital. He has way too much stress as a coach. Yeah. He does not look well. He always looks bent over like he's going to collapse on the sidelines. Yeah, not, it's not too much for him. He well, needs to go back to Fox and just... So, so uh, a few wins can change a lot of that stuff. Well, he you, ain't going to get any of those in Jacksonville this no, year. No. Well, or they've next. lost their chance, right? No. Uh, and uh, that's a wrap in sports. Big D, I'm going to have a report on the big match that was announced earlier this evening. And uh, we have a video on Kyrie Irving. And we're going to talk a little bit about Tom Brady's big night on Sunday. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, doing what you guys doing news here with Paul Nolan? We're doing news, Paul? Yeah, I uh, I just thought this was interesting. New York City protesters marching against vaccine mandate flip over mobile testing site. Uh, it was a tent that was uh, two men uh, marching in protest. And there, by the way, there were thousands of people in this march um, in New York. City. <clears throat> excuse me, New York State's vaccine mandate, and they flipped over a COVID-19 testing site tent on Monday. Marches passed directly by the Union Square testing station, many of them booing and chanting, shame on you. One man recorded on, recorded on his phone overturned the tester's table. Then he pulled down the tent before police officers intervened. Um, the rally is largely made up of DOE staffers, according to the New York Post, protesting the agency's vaccine mandate, which went into effect on Monday. Since October 3rd, Mayor Bill de Blasio said 95% of all DOE employees have gotten their jabs. So um, Brooklyn, uh, the march began in Brooklyn outside the Department of Education headquarters earlier in the day. And as, as hundreds of people gathered to hear the speeches, it mobilized and moved across Brooklyn Bridge into Manhattan with chance of wake up New York. Let us teach. We the people will not comply and another certain uh, chance. So, you know, I think this was big news and uh, I didn't see it on any of the major outlets. That's kind of strange, no? Yeah, definitely. Pretty sh it's shameful. Just shameful. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. To me, that's from the Daily Beast. So when the Daily Beast is, you know... You know, I don't know. In the same, uh, Dave Chappelle says he's uh, he's quitting uh, LGBTQ jokes in Netflix. The closers. He's uh, in the early hours of the morning. Chappelle said he dropped the closers. Ninth stand-up special overall and sixth for Netflix. He said everyone's everyone have a seat, be comfortable, relax. I gotta tell you, let's go, let's go. Chappelle sporting a nice suit and sneakers tells the ruckus crowd at the start. Uh, I need you guys to know something. I'm gonna tell you. The truth don't get freaked out this is going to be my last uh special and uh you know pretty much some of the fact that he's just tired of the uh he's kind of tired of all the cancel culture so yeah so i, I saw this uh newsweek piece that obviously uh i know i think real america's voice is covering it president trump's headed to iowa 
And of course, all the conspiracy theorists will be out saying that he's there to start pushing the next wave of uh, who knows what. I know we love, love Iowa. the great of, state yeah, of Iowa. Yeah, I know. You're a little slow on the draw there. Hey, yeah. Number three. Yeah, Rick. Let's, let's try that. Let me try that one more time. So I saw this piece in Newsweek that uh, <laughs> former President Trump's heading to Iowa. We love Iowa. You know, the Iowa? State of Iowa. <laughs> Iowa was in the NCAA rankings. Okay, very good. Yes. Uh, and the article in Newsweek is uh, titled Trump Approval in Iowa now higher than when he was president. Former President Donald Trump has increased his appeal with Iowa voters since leaving office, recently reaching a historic high approval, according to the Des Moines Register. Trump is set to hold a rally in Iowa on Saturday, and we will be covering it. All right, hour two coming up. What even is that? More sports, more news. And let's talk about the IRS, because Joe Biden's trying to put him in your pocket. In your life, for everything you do. Talk about that now or two as well. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Thanks to the guys for holding down the uh, fort. I was at my son's game. Which How'd he went, do? Went all the way. Best of three. They went all three games. You know, volleyball, you have to go uh, first team to 25, win by two. Third game, tiebreaker game. Big rivalry, by the way. Uh, 25-25. And guess, and guess who was up to serve? Your son. <laughs> <He was. laughs> Served out the last two. They won the last two points, 27-25. They take the match. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's fun. Enjoy it now. Go so. And he's one of the youngest players on the team too, right? He is. Wow. Cool. So I um, I just slightly threatened him when he got the ball that, you know, if he wanted to sleep under the roof tonight and make sure he got the points. So he did. So. <laughs> oh, good. So you're not like one of those crazy parents. Good no, to know. No, very calm. He treats his son like he treats us on the show. What are you very, talking about? Very calm. So. Um, Greg, Glenn Greenwald, speaking of this Facebook whistleblower, which I'm not going to spend a ton of time on an hour or two, but he has a great piece, Paul. You'd like this. Democrats in the media uh, do not want to weaken Facebook. They just want to commandeer their power to censor. Whistleblower, in quotes, by the way, Francis Hogan is a vital media and political asset because she advances their quest for greater control over the online and political discourse, which I think is probably about right on the money. So uh, I'll link this to our social media, at LFS6B on Twitter, at LFS6B Facebook. Uh, Glenn Greenwald's piece today on this whole whistleblower Facebook thing, and I think he's probably spot on in a lot of what he thinks of her as well. So, All right, but right now, though, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. Thank God I made it in time for this on a Tuesday night. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, uh, thank you for showing up. I appreciate it. And uh, this one, well, some of you might consider it a little New York-centric, but but hang with me because I guarantee you something like this could be coming your way soon. Now, what is it? 
Well, turns out the criminals and their fans are surprised that a trip to Rikers Island, a New York City jail, isn't turning out to be like the all-expense-paid trip to Sandals Island Beach Resort <laughs> that they anticipated. <laughs> Tonight, accusations of a humanitarian crisis at Rikers Island. Yeah, they're upset because the conditions, well, are terrible. You know, there's no jet skis, no snorkeling, and no five-star restaurants for them to eat at. No. Hey, criminal, just a heads up, just because it's an island doesn't mean it's a resort. Yes. And so now the criminals are complaining. It's one of the most dreadful places I've ever been. Oh. Did you feel like a human being in there? No. Yeah, seriously, what even Wait, is that? What? I mean, seriously? Wait, Last I checked... Uh, the people that end up at a place like Rikers Island or any of these fun-in-the-sun state-run detention destinations yeah. should take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask one simple question. Sure. What did I do to get here? <laughs> yeah. My only advice is that you don't look too long because you might have someone like this guy slide up behind you asking you if you'd like to go on a date right now. Yes, yeah, right here. Right. Unfortunately, too many times we see things like oh. crime and prison yeah. normalized and in many of these instances even glorified. Sure. Almost like it's a badge of honor to prove that, hey, you did something. I think it's also expected in some case, which is truly sad because when reality sets in, money, many of these people, find out far too late this isn't as cool as the TV, movies, and music make it out to be. This isn't Fantasy Island, and the warden Mr. Rourke doesn't come out to greet you with his international accent that extols the virtues of fine Corinthian leather. No. No. And his sidekick doesn't run around like a sausage-fingered mini-me telling you that you'll be getting to live out your fantasy unless, of course, your fantasy includes getting inducted by the skinheads. <laughs> There's probably a little person somewhere in there, but he's not pointing out the plane that's arriving. He's probably pointing out the shiv that's about to be used on you. <laughs> I mean, the only fantasy you might experience is that you won't crap water as soon as they lock you down on that first night. Yeah, not good. Look, not good. Rikers Island is not a vacation. No. You're not there to have fun. Actually, there's no fun allowed. And unlike a trip to the to the island of Jamaica, that huge shirtless black dude with dreads named Dector St. Jock isn't going to show up to your to your cell to see if you want to go scuba. <laughs> No, probably not. And by chance, if you do make it through that first week, I'm sure your new prison tattoo will look less like Michael Schofield yep. and, and probably a little more homemade that looks like it could have been scrawled on a volleyball, if you know what I mean. Look, yeah. you're in jail. You did something wrong and you got caught. Yeah. Deal with it. Sure. How's the song go? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Beretta. Sounds about right. Yeah, Beretta. Look, Don't do it. I'm not going to pretend that bad stuff doesn't happen in there or at any of these places. Places, but that's no excuse to close them and let all the criminals out. All this does is excuse their bad behavior and put even more innocent lives at risk. Jail and prison are supposed to be terrible places, and, and the thought of going there should be a nightmare, not a dream. But sadly, with the help of the bleeding heart liberals and a compliant media, they try to romanticize the people and their crimes and then complain about the criminals, you know, not having their my pillow or a thousand thread sheet count on their bed to sleep on with edible food. I hope they used our code. Yeah, freaking A, man. <laughs> So just stop already. Yes, and don't forget the code. Yeah. Uh, uh, you save 66% off. All right, very good. That was Rick. great. Right. Like that. Thank you. Yeah, at least you feel better about the price. If they, don't, yeah. if they don't like the location, they have to steal. use it. Well, yeah, I mean, how... <laughs> it's a real steal. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, very yeah. good, Rick, as always. That Thank was you. so good. I want to chant, let's go, Brandon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we saw, Rick was talking about that last night, and I didn't realize what he was talking about because I retweeted that um, <laughs> from the NASCAR race, uh, and I said, wow, this reporter gets an A for effort, but nice, <laughs> nice try, sweetheart. So I have a question. Do no you, go. Do you think she was making fun of the situation and trying to go along with it, or do you think she was actually trying to cover it Oh, up? she was trying to cover. Yeah, Okay, totally definitely. <laughs> she, was right. trying. she wasn't, like, laughing with it, because yeah. that was almost impossible. Did you see Trump was at the UFC thing, and the same thing broke out? Yep. Yeah. It's breaking yeah. out everywhere. It broke out today. I mean, it's and it's not just breaking it out in, like, the South, like, in the SEC football state. Michigan, we've seen that. We've seen it in USC. USC? Yeah. Yeah. This is here's what Biden got on the ground in Michigan. Um, here's 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 what he saw. Here's 20 cut 25 G. Here's first one of what he saw when he got on the ground. Roll that. And how will many voice frustration with the president or what they're seeing in their community? Prices are going up, building up employment. I mean, there's people that can't find employees anymore, especially working customer service. It's very profound. People talk about their politics that they're getting absolutely. Tell me, what are your thoughts about the president visiting tomorrow? I wish he'd just stay out of the state and leave us alone. <laughs> well, he didn't listen. He showed up and uh, basically at 26, here's what he saw. Roll that. Thank you so much for joining us this noon. Our other top story, the president's visit later this afternoon to Metro Detroit. We know that protesters have already gathered there. Grant Herms joins us now live from Howell with a look at what's happening today. Good afternoon. Hey, Rhonda. So the president isn't, you can hear some of the colorful languages down here. I'll talk about that in just a second. But the president isn't going to set, uh, to, scheduled to speak until 3.35 this afternoon. Protesters weren't supposed to start until 2 o'clock today, but clearly they've been out here for several hours already. And we're back a little ways because there's quite a bit of profanity on both sides and the chance that's happening. But you can get a sense of just how big this crowd out here is. Now, since we've been out here today, we've seen a lot of those profane signs. It was supposed to be a protest to stop the spending as it was billed against the president's Build Back Better budget visit today. It's being put on by the state Republican and Livingston <laughs> County Party. As well as local moms there was one altercation uh, earlier today as well. A man carrying a large sign. You can see this here in the video. Walked across the street to some Biden supporters who are here. He took one of their flags and broke that flag over his knee. Police were called. There were some people on the good. other side of the street that were calling for violence. Broke. And thankfully, none of that <laughs> happened. Like that now, we were able to talk Is to a few Trump supporters and a Biden supporter who was here. Take a listen. And we are not going to cower and we are not going to bend to his will. He's a tyrant, he's an illegal tyrant, and he's gonna go. He's ruining our country. He killed all those Marines. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, he's a disaster, as President Trump would say. Now again, this protest here starts officially at two o'clock, but it is clearly in full swing. Broke back Biden, is that what Wow. Bill back broke. That lady was Bill awesome. back broke and broke back Biden. Yeah. Oh, priceless. So some of the actual footage that you guys took the nice pieces, some of the actual footage from the street 
as the motorcade is coming by yeah. is all it's brutal. We don't have that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's like <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it sounds like Morse code. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like a large truck backing up. Do you know he he talked about it today too? No. I don't know if it's in the crazy town oh. or Biden? not, but Biden. He said I didn't I didn't understand some of the signs I saw coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, were there more than two syllables in the signs? <laughs> he he, uh, he recognized it. He saw it. I get, I'd say get used to it, pal. He, pr- he probably thinks, wow, women must think I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that meme of him and Obama. And Obama said, no, Joe, that's not what... Uh, that's not what women uh, don't know. want to have sex with Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see the crazy town because of the, th- of a, the couple clips I saw. Well, I thought to myself, well, man, I don't know. Is this an is this English or is this crazy town or is this a news segment that we come up with? It's just called what the F. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. The new segment's called Let's Go Brandon. He has, <laughs> he has no <laughs> idea who he's talking about. I mean, he really doesn't. To be serious, today, I mean, someone posted a picture I saw early in the morning. They said, man, he does not look well. He just, he just gets worse every, every day. He just looks like he's a, it's just an, enough. It's like, it's like they infuse him with just enough juice to get him through. Well, it, says, it looks like not even right? enough anymore. It looks like not even enough. He just looks like he's putting on five years every day. Right. And, I mean, there was things today that you just, well, we'll do crazy. We'll do crazy town. Well, we'll do it at the, I guess we'll do it at the bottom of the hour. But, um, I mean, there were things today that were literally incoherent. I mean, literally incoherent. Like absolute dementia time, could not remember what he was talking about. Kind of like me every night. Um, gibberish. Yeah, just gibberish. Just absolute gibberish. Couldn't remember who he was there to see. Couldn't remember the governor's name. Couldn't remember the lieutenant <laughs> governor's. This made some stuff up about the two of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that. it was just. <laughs> I mean it was really it was really. I mean it serves us great for Crazy Town, but it's it's just it was really bad. And I'll tell you, when you look at what's going on with China and Taiwan, I mean, you have to be, I mean, it's just scary stuff right now. Looking at what's going on, the way we pull, I mean, if, they're, if China, Xi is watching this guy going, oh, this is, come on, I thought this was, can I get a challenge here? No, Xi is going, this is exactly what I paid for. Thank you. Well, maybe he's saying that too, but I mean. Jack Posobiec's reporting is that there's generals in Xi's army just saying, give us the green light on Taiwan. We're ready to go. What's Biden going to do? What is he going to do? You think he's up for this? I mean, this is scary stuff. As, we, as I know we sit here and we have a little fun with them on these crazy tons of stuff, but it, I mean, this could really start to reap its ugly head if something like that was to happen in the world. I mean, we, we've got big problems if that happens. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B. We'll do some news here with Paul Nolan in a second, but first, let's do some sports. 
Uh, Rick Amorati, who's now down, by the way, let's keep the record here. Down two bills two to bills. Big D over here. Put it on my tab, D. That's fine. We'll keep the running tab here. And then at the end of the uh, whatever, maybe the end of the season. <laughs> Although if you get down too much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to collect at some point. Can't okay. let you go too far. If we have like ten grand and we go to the Super Bowl, I go double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, if you start going double or nothing on some of these, I'm going to have to collect early. All right. but Fair enough. All right, what's going on in sports? Well, let's go back out to Fenway in Boston right now. Boston Red Sox looking good, up 3 nothing over the Yankees. Kyle Schwaber hit a 435-foot shot in the third. So it's three zip, and they have men on first and second with one out. So Yankees have better get going because not looking good right now for New York. $300 million for Garrett Cole. Right. For this game. This is why you. Unbelievable. Okay. Well, a couple hours before we got on set, Big D, they announced it. The match Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau to headline golf event over Thanksgiving weekend. This is a report came out a little bit earlier tonight from CBS Sports. Kyle Porter, two major winners who have feuded publicly throughout this year, will tee it up in a 12 hole match, as in 12 rounds. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, Brooks Kepke and Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> will finally get the showdown. All their chirping and antics have pointed to, towards for the last few months. According to Golf.com, Kepka and DeChambeau will play in the fifth edition of the match on Friday, November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving. Right as soon as you start to wipe out that little trip to fan hangover at the Wynn Golf Club in Las Vegas. I'm starting to, uh, I feel like these are the two Facebook whistleblowers of golf. I feel like we've been set up here by these two all along and now they're cashing in on their little ploy don't you yeah like, like you know the fake fight yeah. now all of a sudden now, Come on. now we're, all of now a sudden we're, one Ryder cup weekend we're hugging it we're out doing like this bros for 50 million or whatever yeah. it is unbelievable 12 holes. Gotta love it. Kepka and DeChambeau have been joring mostly in public and possibly for the sake of notoriety regarding the player impact program. You know, the PIP Big D, as it is otherwise known, is a $40 million pool distributed to golfers who are ranked by a number of different factors, including how popular they are on social media. As if they don't make enough on their winning purses, usually a $2 million purse, $3 million purse. Now they're looking to make some additional scratch, if you will, as a scratch golfer. Most of them make more more off the course than they ever do on the course. Yes. Even the, even Tiger, yeah, and Phil. They made Tiger made if he made a hundred million playing golf, he made fifty billion in, in endorsements from Nike and everybody else. I mean, yeah, like Michael Jordan. Yeah, they yes. all set the ball for that. that yep. the, the golf money is you know pocket change. And speaking of NBA, Michael Jordan and Kyrie Irving unable to practice with Nets in Brooklyn due to New York's COVID-19 vaccination protocols. This is from Om Youngsmook of ESPN. Uh, Kyrie Irving did not practice with the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn earlier today as the point guard is unable to practice or play in New York under the city's COVID-19 vaccination protocols. After practicing with the team last week at training camp in San Diego, Irving did not attend the team's first practice back in Brooklyn. Players in the New York market must have at least one vaccination shot to practice or play in New York. No further update was the quote Nets coach Steve Nash told reporters after practice about Irving's status for home practices and games. We support him. We are here for him. Things change when there's a resolution. We are here from him. Quote, end quote, Steve Nash, the great Steve Nash. The NBA and the National League Players Association agreed to a reduction of pay of 191.6 of a player's salary for each game an unvaccinated player misses because of local COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Um, so Irving could lose roughly $380,000 
per game, per game, if he's unable to participate in home games. And by the way, Golden State Warriors, Andrew Wiggins, also he took the vaccination after pressure from the uh, Golden State Warriors, saying, you know what, he had no way out. He, he, he felt that he wouldn't be able to play, and he ended up taking the vaccination. However, quack, quack, good old Dr. Fauci had this to say about Kyrie quack, Irving. Roll it, G. All right, we're heading to Brooklyn just for you. As you know, Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving uh, missed practice today, the team's first practice at home. And Irving is unavailable to practice or play games in New York as long as he remains unvaccinated. That's the rules now. So, Dr. Fauci, you're a Brooklyn native. Uh, you're also a sports fan, I know. You what would you tell Nets. Kyrie <laughs> about the vaccine if you had a chance to sit with him courtside? Quack, quack. <laughs> Well, I, if I had that opportunity, I'd like to, in a non-confrontative way, have him explain to me what the reasons are why he doesn't want to get vaccinated. And to the best of you. my ability, <laughs> I'd like to explain to him why they may not be valid reasons. I mean, is there a fact, does he think there's not enough information about the vaccine? Does he think they're not safe? Does he think they're not effective? Does he believe any of these conspiracy theories about him? I don't know. Conspiracy I've never had a conversation, but I would try to respect, you know, his opinion, but try to convince him otherwise. A moron. The idea that they're his opinions uh, makes them as valid as they need to be for him. I like to talk to him about his opinions and tell him they may not be valid. Well, then, no, they are valid. You know why? Because they're his. <laughs> and it's his body he's talking yeah. about. It's his decision. So he doesn't care what you say, you criminal. You should be in jail along with your boss, who's obviously uh, getting out of there now, we, we find out. Francis Collins leaving the NIH, Fra Fauci's boss, and he should be going with him. And they both should go, be in an orange jumpsuit somewhere down the line for crimes against humanity, in my opinion. This, this fraud. Hugh Hewitt called them out. And ever since then, now all of a sudden, Francis is another... Whistleblow. This is what's going on here. All of a sudden, now Fauci gets confronted by Hewitt. When we get uh, Pfizer from the um, Project Veritas, and now today we get Francis Collins saying, "I'm leaving." After all of this, uh, after 50 years of being at the NIH, all of a sudden now he needs greener pastures for some reason in the right. middle of this. Right, his cushy job. Didn't suit him anymore. Oh, it's not because of gain of function. It's not because there's uh, more stuff to come out. There's not. There's nothing. Really? Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, I believe it. Sounds the timing sounds fine to me. Yeah, perfect. Fauci's such a fraud. Yeah. I like to sit down when I'm not confrontational and tell him why he's wrong. He probably just wants to spend more time with his family. Well, what is a guy? Eighty years old. Rick made yeah. a good point last week. He just said, you know, Hewitt dunked on him last week. Now, what does he want? Irving to dunk on him again this week? He likes getting dunked on, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. All right, what else? That's a wrap in sports for this segment, Big D. Got one on Brady next, coming up in the next segment. All right, we got, a, we got time for a little news here, Paul. What's going on? Two quick hitters. The New York City Police Officers Union, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, was raided Tuesday by the FBI. I saw this. Along this with the home crazy. of Ed Mullins, its leader. Um, according to uh, the, uh, an FBI spokesperson, they said, we're carrying out a law enforcement action in connection with an ongoing investigation. The union represents about 13,000 current and retired police officers. Mullins is currently undergoing disciplinary proceedings for allegedly tweeting the arrest documents of Mayor Bill de Blasio's daughter. It's unclear 
where the federal investigators are looking for in regards to the search warrants they executed on Mullen's residence and office. But uh, de Blasio said Mullen's is a divisive voice and referred all comments to the FBI. So we have more Gestapo-like tactics like we saw against uh, like we saw against Giuliani. Speak out against the, you, you, you know, you know who's in charge when you know who you can and can't criticize. So uh, former President Mike Pence says the continued focus on January 6th Capitol riot is a distraction intended to demean millions of Trump supporters. Pence, who along with his family, was ushered into a safe room amid the riot, made the comments on uh, Fox News' uh, Hannity show. Uh, the interview ended with Hannity asking Pence about his relationship with former President Trump months after they had a falling out over the riot. Pence replied that he and the former boss have talked through all of it. Days later, they ultimately parted amicably. And uh, he said, we went out to say, I know the media wants to distract from the Biden administration's failed agenda by focusing on January uh, 6th. Uh, they want to use that day to try to demean the character and intentions of 74 million Americans who believed we could be strong and prosperous again. We could, and uh, and the, they, how much they supported the, our administration in 16 and 20. Boy, that's that New York City FBI raid thing is a weird story. Yeah, you don't hear about something like that very often, at, if at all. All right, uh, Crazy Town coming up. More news, a little more sports, a little more on Fauci, COVID. Cover it all when we get back. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Did a great. What even is that? Thank you. Already um, online on Twitter. I see people posting about it. Um, yeah, sweet. Rick Amarati's got sports. Geo friend holding it down as always. All right. Biden was in Michigan. He was in Michigan today. He doesn't even remember that. <laughs> doesn't know the governor. Doesn't know the lieutenant governor. Doesn't really know anything. Um, and this is our version of what happened. Biden in Michigan today. Roll it, G. That's like 81 million people. That's That's amazing. I might need that. Hello, Michigan. Got that right. It's great to be here with several excellent members of Congress. Uh, Lisa Slotkin, uh, Alyssa, you you don't want to screw around with her. She's an intelligence officer as well, so she's forgotten more than most of you know. But uh, they're going to make sure that everything we do. Wait, 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 wait. Paid for, and not a single penny raised in taxes of anybody making under 400 grand. And Debbie, you're the best in the world. You and John have been so friends of mine. You've been for so so long. And Dan, I, uh, uh, you're okay, Dan. You ain't you ain't quite like the woman sitting next to you. But all, all kidding aside, <laughs> Dan, you've done a great day. I mean, I really mean it. And Andy. As my dad would say, you got good blood, kid. I'm here today to try to set some things straight if I can. 
I know it's an overused phrase, but I've been using it a lot. We're at an inflection point. We're going to make high-speed internet affordable and available to everywhere in America. We're talking about on the way over with Alyssa, that how short the number of num the number of people have access to the internet here because of the... <laughs> Now, I've been clear that China uses unfair coercive practices to get ahead in the that competitors, but that's not the whole of the story. Some of you came to the White House when I had the chairman of the board of General Motors, Chrysler, and, and uh, GM, I mean General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford. I got to drive that sucker. It's quick, zero to 60 in 4.1 seconds, and it's a big boy. It's a big one. And by the way, parenthetically, so when you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. Wow. They went from state to state convincing people that they put allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. But guess what happened? Everything builds up around them. You put these charging stations along, how are you going to see a significant economic development go well beyond the charging station? You see reservoirs that are down 30, 40, 50 feet. You're worried about the cooling down. You're worried about whether you're going to have the, what the Colorado River is going to do. This is a big deal. Look, you're I in Detroit. I haven't passed the we haven't passed a major infrastructure bill for decades in this country. But guess what? If we're going to put together a committee today, Decades. like they did in 1898, I think it was, <laughs> the last and we were we going this. to invent a public education system, there's any chance we'd say that we thought 12 years was enough in the 21st century? <laughs> Just 12 years? I don't think so. There's the bottom of the heap. I'll bet if I that was on a quiz, you're on one of these quiz shows, I ask you that. And you said maybe we're two or three or four. It's ridiculous. Would you like Bill to Backpetter, Bill Backpetter paying gets us back on track. And best of all, the cost of these bills in terms of adding to the deficit is zero. 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 Now, I'm a capitalist. I think you should be able to go out and make a million dollars. Join the crowd, man. I've never been more optimistic about this country than am I, than I am right now. It's never, ever been a good bet to, get best, to bet against the American people. Never. <laughs> 81 million Americans voted for me. Oh, my oh, goodness. Did he really say that? That was the part oh, about the signs. Moly. Oh, man. Wow. That was the part about the signs. That's the part. Wow. About the signs coming in. That's the part. Wow. That's that what he said. Volumes. You could tell he is majorly butthurt. Over that stuff. Oh my God, that's a classic one. Good I knew God. it was going to be because I saw some of the sound bites coming out early. Oh, yeah, but 81 million people voted for. Sure, they did. Pop, pop. That's, that's what, what he said. He you. said. He said. You know, I can't. Um, I didn't. I don't really understand some of the signs I saw coming in. He said, given that you know, 81 million people voted for me. So he believes it too. They just told him, no, don't worry, Joe, you got 81 million. I did? Oh, they love That's you great. out there, Joe. Don't worry about what Gallup oh, says. Okay. They love me. They really love me. <clears throat> All right, Sally Field. I, I, do like, I do like how he picks out specific uh, people to talk to. Like, we're supposed to know who they are. Yeah. You can't see him on hey, screen. Hey, Johnny. Right? Good to see you. <laughs> hey, Freddy. Hey, Kim. Kim, I love your fried chicken, Kim. Boy, you uh, make it so well. Hey, how's your grandma's hip? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, these things, like, we're supposed to know what he's talking about. There was another piece, unfortunately, I didn't catch it till after I made the crazy town, but um, he said everybody in this room, but he's outside. Yeah. And he also didn't catch the part about when he talks about the governor. Oh, the governor part is awesome. The governor part is not, wasn't even in. So, I mean, it's, this is the problem with making these. They're st- they can't be 10 minutes long. Was, uh, I want to thank. Uh, <laughs> want to thank Governor, uh, the Governor, and and our uh, Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant right? Governor, who's um, well, she's all over. He says something weird like, "Yeah, I'm gonna find it. Hold on." He, he, she, <laughs> she's all over. It's her so she, weird. She holds her up or supports her. He says something so weird. It was like when he's talking about the Secretary of Defense. There's no idea who he is. It's his nomination. His nominee. No idea who he is. No idea what department he is. He had no idea who the governor was. No idea her name. No idea the lieutenant governor's name. All right, here it is. After, after praising Governor Whitmer, Joe, Joe Biden thanked the lieutenant governor, who he says covers her in every way, <laughs> both in terms of physically and mentally and every other way. <laughs> Whatever that means. Wow. Crazy absolutely crazy so and they and they let him out yeah that's wonderful uh a couple things i want to get to more most importantly because now you're starting to uh besides all of the um what's going on with china and and taiwan and some of jack Posobiec's reporting tonight that the americans are flying f-35s off of japanese um cruisers in, in the middle of the ocean for the first time in a long time uh, there's a couple things going on at home, too, that are starting to shape up. And we're going to see if Joe Manchin either really does have a spine or if he's going to cave here. And I'm, I'm leaning towards the latter. In cinema, I don't know what to think. But I'm starting to hear Joe Manchin talk about, well, maybe 1.9. I could be open to 2, 2 trillion, 1.9 trillion. So uh, Brian Riedel from the New York Post has a piece entitled Dems are going to use tricks to make the $3.5 trillion spending bill seem smaller. President Biden and Speaker Nancy Pelosi will attempt a last-ditch effort to rally Democrats to fully support the $3.5 trillion spending bill. He says, how does Congress cut $3.5 trillion down to $1.5 trillion by using gimmicks to hide its true cost? That is the approach that congressional Democrats are brazenly employing to make their spending bonanza appear smaller than it really is. Representative Pramila Jayapal openly discussed their use of budget gimmicks over the weekend when she told CNN that, quote, our idea now is to look at how you make them funded for a little bit of a shorter time, unquote. Progressives have been abusing these gimmicks from the start. They began with a reconciliation proposal that would cost nearly $5 trillion over the next decade. Then... In order to cut the bill's official cost to $4 trillion, the bill's authors included a December 2025 expiration of the $130 billion annual expansion of the child tax credit to $3,000 per child or $3,600 for children under the age of six. This made the 10-year cost of the proposal appear to be $750 billion smaller. Of course, no one believes that Congress will actually allow the child tax credit to be reduced at the end of 2025, and progressives have declared this policy one of the cornerstones of their long-term 
anti-poverty agenda. In fact, Democrats purposely selected for expiration a popular middle-class benefit that they know even a future Republican Congress or president would not dare take away from the voters. Congress already renews a small group of expiring tax policies each December, and this is expected to become an expensive addition to that list. Progressives are also discussing delaying the proposal of a new Medicare dental benefits in 2028 which legitimately saves money within the 10-year scoring window, but also hides a larger long-term cost. So the point of Mr. Riedel's piece in the uh, New York Post is that now let the games begin. And in in the end, through all the games, we're going to see if Joe Manchin is just looking for cover so that he can now vote for something and try to get his cake and eat it too and be able to say to the voters of West Virginia, well, look, I opposed 3.5 and I got him down to 1.9. And Mr. Rito's point is, well, the 1.9 is really not 1.9. You better look under the hood at how they're doing because what they're going to try to do is get the 3.5 to look like 1.9 by these kind of gimmicky things that they're going to do. So we're going to have, we're going to just going to have to keep our eye on this and, and, and mansion and cinema whether they're hold strong. And I, again, I have maybe more hope in cinema given what happened to her over the weekend, although Manchin, I guess, got confronted too. wonder if the, uh, by the way, is the Attorney General came out and talked about the felony that was um, the woman who went and videotaped in the bathroom of a sitting U.S. Um, senator? No, I didn't hear anything about have that. Have we gotten any letters from him about that, or, or is he still too busy thinking about trying to arrest parents at school board meetings? Have we gotten any letters from the Attorney General on the same woman trying to cause a um, havoc on a, on a domestic air flight from Arizona back to Washington or whatever that flight was? Nope, Did she approach cinema on that, on that? Nope. Hmm. I haven't heard anything. Really? I'm really? shocked that this, I guess this hasn't come across. Maybe he's not aware of these incidents. Oh, no, he probably is. Because I know he's very concerned about parents. Um, well, you mean domestic terrorists? Yeah, it's going yeah. to school board meetings to uh, talk about CRT. But I guess a felony in the bathroom to a sitting U.S. senator, that's just he doesn't have time for right now. We'll get to that who knows when. So we'll see on the budget. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that, um, I don't know, I just I don't hold a lot of hope out for Manchin. He's starting to buckle. You know, he probably realizes that there's a, you know, something coming down the pike that could fit nicely into his portfolio. And, you know, he's going he's to have to make a decision. The, um, the, bigger pro- the bigger issue with this bill, the real big issue that you really should be concerned about is what they want to do with the IRS. The money they want to give them, the power they want to give them. And... Um, I have a couple pieces here on this. Wall Street Journal, the IRS wants to look at your bank account. Its quest for missing revenue would threaten taxpayer privacy. And it is, it is absolutely um, an attack on you. It, this is not an attack on the rich. This is an attack on, on you, the middle class of this country, who, who Joe Biden wants to empower the already way too powerful IRS 
to follow every single transaction above $600 that comes in and out of any account you have. Oh, my God. Bank account, PayPal account, Venmo account. It does not matter what the account is. They want to be able to trace it, track it, see what it's for, see where it's coming for. Um, and they want to take your private property rights away and attack your liberty. All right, if we have more time, we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get back. It's never, ever been a good bet to get to bet against the American people. Never. 81 million Americans voted for me. Thirteenth to the hour, live from Studio Six B. It's a great video going around. Lindsey Graham getting it from an audience. I don't know if he's in South Carolina or where he is, but he's up there trying to compare the COVID vaccine to the measles vaccine, and the audience just absolutely let him have it. It's just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Awesome. What a fraud, phony he is too. Um, all right, let's do some sports, and we'll do some news and wrap it up here. What's going on, pal? How are my right. Yankees doing? Yeah, not looking too good right now. We go to the bottom of the fifth. Right now, Nathan Eovaldi for Boston is pitching an absolute gem. Only two hits through five with seven strikeouts. Yankees just can't seem to get anything going. Red Sox up 3 nothing at Fenway. Still got another four innings to go for the Yankees, so four and a half innings halfway through the game. We'll see what happens, Big D. But uh, right now, not looking good. But 3 nothing. that's a doable score. I think they can come back. And uh, Sage Steele reportedly tests positive for COVID-19 after calling ESPN's vaccine mandate sick and scary. ESPN has pulled SportsCenter anchor Sage Steele from its airwaves while the new network deals with backlash from Steele's recent controversial comments. The ultimate reason for her removal was a reported positive COVID-19 test. According to Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports, Steele tested positive for the virus this after she recently ripped ESPN's COVID vaccine mandate during an appearance on former NFL quarterback Jay Cutler podcast. So, uh, you know, very interesting, Big D. Um, ESPN announced a vaccine mandate for all its onset employees in May to ensure a complement of uh, varying COVID protocols for all sports leagues. However, in addition to our comments about vaccine mandates, still also criticized women for the way they dress in sports media, questioning President Barack Obama for identifying as a black uh, as a black on a census and relish comparisons to controversial political pundit Candace Owens. All of this occurred during the one interview with Cutler. Steele has been with ESPN since 2007, and uh, she, of course, retracted her comments and apologized. However, they did force her to get vaccinated, and, uh, well, she ended up with COVID-19 anyway. So, very interesting. Rick shared that story earlier today with me. Yeah, well, you know, these, you, these woke corporations, it doesn't matter what comes out. I mean, you've got the video yesterday we played. That it's not going to matter. Yep. It's not going to matter. you got the people from Pfizer telling you, if you had it, you have better immunity than anything we're cooking up here. It's not going to matter. No one will take any anything any of it into consideration. There's no no CEOs of any of these big companies that are going to have enough common sense or decency to say, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Honestly, none of them. Yeah, and that's the that's a shame. Maybe if they see that Veritas video that we played last night, they'll start to wake up a little bit. No, they won't. It. Actually, no, that's no, my no. point. They won't, they won't wake up at all. Uh, and Brady's homecoming was the second most watched Sunday night football ever. Uh, this is an AP report. Tom Brady's return to face his former NFL team, the New England Patriots, racked up enormous American view, uh, viewing numbers, making it one of the most watched Sunday night football games in history. Obviously, they won 1917. 28.5 million viewers uh, watching along uh, NBC and Peacock and the other platforms. And they also had 1.3 million online stream, which is the largest ever. The most 
watched Sunday Night Football game was the 2012 game uh, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins, which didn't end too well. That was $30.3 million for the Cowboys. So uh, that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. Good luck, Yankees. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, <laughs> anything else in news, Rick Delgado, that's caught your attention? Yeah, this is kind of funny, actually. Uh, Virginia Democrat governor candidate uh, Terry McAuliffe, um, well, he's caught on video admitting that Joe Biden isn't very popular in Virginia. Yeah, neither uh, is he, by the way. <laughs> Joe Biden is hated by the American people, which is why Democrats are running for office, are distancing, distancing themselves from him. And Virginia Democrat gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe said the quiet part out loud and admitted that Joe Biden is unpopular during a Zoom chat. McAuliffe is in a tight race with Republican Glenn Youngkin, and he knows that Joe Biden, with such abysmal poll numbers, can't help his campaign. As he says, we got to get Democrats out the vote. We're facing a lot of headwinds from Washington. As you know, the president is unpopular today, unfortunately, here in Virginia. So we've got to follow through, McAuliffe said. So, yeah, well, (laughs) Terry McAuliffe, shockingly, was already the governor once there. And then, uh, of course, you've got the idiot that's there and there now. Well, I, I think the, I think that election will be a a, a bellwether. Yeah, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna say a lot about what to expect, especially since they see numbers. I guess somebody was was kind of taking the temperature and saying they're seeing numbers that equate to 2014, when uh, the Republicans just ran over everybody. Less than four weeks now, November second. Yep. And so we'll, lastly, we'll see, what Virginia, qu- we'll see what Virginia wants going forward. Yeah. If they want to um, continue diving into the depths of hell or if they uh, have any interest in uh, having any freedom. An individual um, liberty. Because if they get McAuliffe, I mean, by the way, I've heard that this, that, I mean, Young can, Young can certainly better than McAuliffe, but I've heard that there's, if you're, if you're on the conservative side, I've heard there's much better choices than him, by the way. I don't know much about him. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. The little that we saw him speak that night, he seemed okay. But I get, I get emails and texts and, and, and direct messages on Twitter from people in that area say, you know, he's, no, he's, he may not be a bargain. He certainly will be better than McAuliffe, but he, certainly, he may not be no b- a bargain either. Right. He, he's no Ron DeSantis is what you're saying. Well, I, I, I you know. We've talked about this before in these local areas. If uh, I, I don't know who is. I mean, Christy Noem has kind of really fallen off the wagon and as far as in the eyes of conservatives, right? If she even ever was a... Uh, I mean, who else, who else is? No one else talks like them. No one's trying to govern like them. I mean, maybe a couple things here and there, but no one is consistently on the right side of almost, you know, all these issues. Didn't he? Didn't I just read he threatened Broward County with about four hundred thirty thousand dollars because their mask mandate they're trying they still enforced? Yeah, he's it, trying to take that money away. I mean, you know, say what you will. This this guy's got his, the courage of his convictions to follow through on the things he's. You know, if he's going to use the levers of his power, he talks about wielding them. Well, now he's trying to actually do it. It, it seems like I think I read that today. Yeah, and he's willing to take on Merrick Garland. You know, over this uh, over this encroachment by the the uh, by by what he wants to do. So we'll see. Vic, speaking of that, Victor Davis Hanson, who we've had on the program, we should have on again, has a brand new book out, and I mean, I haven't read it yet, but just looking at a little bit of it, uh, basically, is talk, talking about. I mean, a lot of the themes that we've talked about, 
the, this, the Democratic Party is a more and more every day an anti-American party. Um, what, they, what they're doing at the border and the, um, their full court press over the last years to really blur the line between citizen, non-citizen is, um, and, their, and their overtaking of the language and ev- all the instrumentalities of government and of society. From the classrooms to the media to university to ed- education K through twelve to um, law enforcement, law enforcement corporations in the boardroom, ev- just everywhere you can think, they've taken it all. So I, this is new book. I, I can't think of the title of it right now. And I'm in front of me, but uh, the the the, the, the um, something citizen, the, the the deteriorating citizen, or something. But it looks fantastic, and we'll see if we can have, maybe we can have Professor Hansen back on the show to talk about it, because it's a lot of the stuff we talk about um, on a nightly, weekly basis on this show and on other shows. So, uh, anything else on news, Rick? Uh, I just wanted to touch real quick on what's going on in Australia. It seems like it is lost, uh, as they are now... uh seems like this could be something that's coming our way. We don't know. Australia is running a mandatory quarantine program. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but it seems like it, they're putting it into uh, putting it into effect where you must respond to authorities with a selfie within five minutes of them calling, or they will send health ministers to your home. Yes. So that's what happens uh, when you give up your guns. Which the, Australia did back in the 90s. The dying citizen. Victor David Hansen, the dying citizen. How progressive elites, tribalism, and globalization are destroying the idea of America. So, and I think it's just out, if it's even out. It may be even coming out this week, or it's just out in hardcover. I'm looking at it here on uh, Amazon. It looks like it's available, so I encourage you to get it. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. As always, most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here, Real America's Voice.